Hi, and welcome to the first episode of the second series of Mehmuni. Um, on the episode today, I won't be doing the interviewing. I will be the interviewee. <laughs> um, and Kia is going to be asking me a few of the questions that uh, you guys have messaged me and wanted to know more about. So I will hand over the mic to you. <laughs> Here's my mic. Um, <laughs> hello, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for right. having me. I've, I've come to take over your podcast. Just be okay. careful, yeah? I might fully take over. They might, they might prefer me interviewing and then you'll just have to go and find another podcast. First this <laughs> no, and more domination. I will um, not do Isla's interviewing style justice, but I'm here to just help find a bit more about you, uh, about the podcast and figure out, you know, what Barney Adam is about and put you under pressure like you do us. No, I'm joking. It's, it's always fun coming on with you. So hopefully it'll be just as relaxed, um, but I might make it a bit more intense just to make you squirm. Um, <laughs> anyway, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's... Um... It's strange being the one having to answer the questions, but it's nice. I, it'll give me a different perspective. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's funny. I feel more comfortable on this side. I think actually more, most people would feel more comfortable this side, but because of my job in medicine, all I'm doing is interrogating in a nice way. Patients be like, when did this happen? What happened? How are you, you know, <laughs> establish a whole timeline of their symptoms. So um, I'm much happier on this side than I was when I was being interviewed, which was very nerve-wracking. Which I feel like we need to mention. So Kia was on episode three or four. So if you've not listened to it, go back and find out more <laughs> about this, this guy. <laughs> I had so much fun doing your interview because I feel like editing it, I just had to edit out laughing. The laughter, yeah. Like, did we even do any questions? We were just talking jokes the whole time. Like, did anyone yeah. learn anything about Dr. Kia? It was a nice catch up more than anything. Uh, which I think leads nicely to the explanation about this podcast. Sort yes. Mehmuni, um, which yes. is essentially a big catch up for people. Um, so tell us, Ayla, first question for you about this podcast is why did you start Mehmoni? Up. Okay, I'm being serious. <laughs> Get into the zone. In the zone. So this is going to be a little bit of a long answer because in order to explain why Mehmoni started, I have to explain a little bit more about Bani Adam, um, mm-hmm. which you may have noticed the little logos on the videos. Um, so I'll explain what Bani Adam is all about. Um, around two years ago now, I started a charity called Banyo Adam. And if you don't speak Farsi, it means children of Adam. Um, and the name is derived from a very famous poem by Saadi. Um, so the, the, the aim of the charity is to provide aid and support, um, you know, whether it's in the form of medicine or food or um, even things like you know, books and stationery and, and things that kids need to, you know, for school. Um, so the support is, um, you know, you know, Bani Adam supports families in the outskirts in villages in Iran. And um, a year after the charity had, you know, has started and I was doing, I was very active. I, I became very 
aware of the image that I was portraying of Iran and the people and the cities in that, you know, it's the nature of any charity to highlight the areas where there is need, where there is sadness, where there's pain. And I just felt very conscious of this image that I was constantly uh, putting out there and bombarding people with. And I felt very responsible um, for this image and the way I was portraying Iran. So I felt in order for me to be able to fully and truly put my heart into Banya Dam and do the work that needs to be done, I feel like I also need to highlight um, all the positivity and the and the the success and the joy and the happiness and lots and all the creative work that um, Irunis are doing all over. Um, and that's why Mehmuni was created. Perfect. That's a really interesting point, actually, that you, you bring up about the image of Iran, because it's a very forethinking thing, first of all, for someone setting up a char charity to think, actually, this is going to be quite a one-sided image. <clears throat> People may get this impression that the whole country may be, you know, struggling, which, I mean, to be fair, is fairly representative at times. Um, but it's so important because I think growing up as an Iranian, we see so much of that on the news and on the media. And I remember being quite scared of saying I was Iranian at school, especially around the um, time when we went to war with Iraq, because the name sounded so similar. Everyone at school thought, oh, they're going to war with Iran or it's Iranian, you know, the enemy, which is obviously not the case for even Iraqis or anyone like that that you're going to war with, but children's mindsets, that's how it comes about. Um, so I think that's a hugely important reason to start something like this to showcase, you know, the beauties or the art or the important parts that people don't know about Iran because they don't see it anywhere else. And especially in our generation, I would say, sorry, I'm doing a lot of talking as the interviewer. This is but, good. <laughs> this is good. This is good. Especially in our generation, because I remember when, you know, we'd go to Mehmuni's so gatherings with my, my parents' friends who weren't Iranian. And they'll talk about old Persia and they're like, oh yeah, it's a beautiful place. And, you know, it's got beautiful culture and they know about things of Iran because when they were growing up, Iran was a different place, a very different place to what it is now. You know, pre-1979, it was a very different place to the post-Islamic revolution Iran. Whereas people our age had no idea about that sort of kind of stuff. And I remember when those people speaking like that, I was like, oh, I feel so happy that they know, they know. these things about Iran. Yeah. Or, you know, they're not just thinking I'm from some some place with no culture or, or nothing going on, just a war-torn country, which, it, which it's not. Um, so yeah, um, I, I think that's a very important reason to start something like this. And you seem to be doing an amazing job with finding you know, talented Iranians to, to speak to and showcase. 100%, honestly, like that's such a good point because I feel like I've, I had a similar experience when um, mm. you're speaking with older, uh, in, often English, older English people and they would tell me all these amazing things about Iran or they would they would question they would ask me questions like oh have you seen this or do you know about this and a lot of the times um I'm kind of embarrassed to say that the answer was no Naive about it yeah no, I was like I no. what are you talking about and they yeah. and and them knowing more about my culture than I did sort of inspired me to find out more and also made me incredibly proud that there's so much to know and there's so much that I don't know um and you know there's there's no shortage of amazing creative 
Iranians for me to speak with. And I think the, yeah. the hardest part of doing this podcast is organizing the guests because there's so many, so many. which is exciting and overwhelming, but you know, it can't complain. It's, it makes it easier, but also harder because there's so many. For sure. Um, it's, it's funny, the, this is not planned, I promise, but the book I've used to prop up my, my laptop is actually this book that my parents used to get out in, in Mehmunis with non-Iranians. Be like, oh, this is like some of the, the culture and the beautiful stuff of Iran. And it's, it's almost like a <clears throat> similar, uh, it's, it's a parallel to what your podcast is, this book that my parents used to share. I'm just going to show it was called Beauties of Iran. And it's got like these amazing, and we've still got it, like it's in the bookshelf. It's just the only book I could find that was big enough. And it's got like these amazing images of like Iran, which is similar to like the, the work you're doing and the museums that we go and visit. Um, Beautiful. So I just spotted that when you were talking about this. It's like, so I think that sums up, you know, the goals behind Mehmoni as a podcast. And, you know, it's about encapsulating what it is to be Iranian and, you know, the positives about Iran and the art history and the culture, which is such a beautiful thing to, to I think, showcase, um, especially alongside Bani Adam as the charity. So they complement each other really nicely. And um, so going forwards, what is there to come? What, what can we expect from season two in, in Mehmoni? Um, okay, so season one, I spoke with Iranians and hyphenated Iranians in art, um, you know, medicine, uh, actors, directors, yes. Um, so it was a little bit of everything and it will continue to be the same with a with a slight difference so in mm -hmm. the second series um i won't exclusively be speaking with iranians or hyphenated iranians uh the conversation is now open to everybody regardless of where um they come from um but the running theme will still be about iranian culture um and, and heritage and history um so if yeah so I figured if you're not okay. Iranian, but you know an awful lot about the culture, it would be a damn shame not to speak with that person. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the main difference in the mm -hmm. in the episodes um, this series. Um, exciting. And I, I know that you've got some like you've told me, but I won't spoil it for everyone else. But you've got some exciting guests coming up who are non-Iranian as well. I do. So I'm I excited do. to hear about that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it's actually the second episode so the one after this will be that that person i'm excited to to watch those episodes and um, i'll definitely be keenly awaiting episode two i'm privileged to be episode one this time thank you uh, <laughs> um so now i think everyone wants to know even you know those who are close to you a bit more about your background. So we all know you're very artsy and if anyone follows Isla on Instagram, you can see how amazing she is in that art world with not only just photography, but architecture and a background in design. So I think if you could showcase a bit about what you do and the background of how maybe you fell into art and then obviously that links nicely into to the work you're doing with Bani Adam and Mehuni and showcasing Iran's art and culture. Okay, okay. Um... Right. So <laughs> I've always been a creative child. <laughs> <laughs> Started um, when I was a fetus. <laughs> when I was, before I was born, I must say. Yeah. Um, as, as cliche as that may sound, I've 
always been really interested in creating things. Uh, I wanted to be an inventor when I was much, much younger. Yes, I, I had a little lab in my in the corner of my room with a little microscope and I would pretend to be doing stuff. Um, so I've always loved to create and my field of study um, is, was architecture. And that's also the field that I work in today. So the day job is in architecture and interior design. So lots of drawings, lots of CAD. And um, it's, my, it's my passion. Um, I love to create and I love the sciences. I love the arts. When did, you, when did you know you wanted architecture? So you studied in London, um, both in high school and, and university, but when did you sort of decide you wanted to do architecture? Quite early on. It's literally the only job that I've ever wanted to do or feel that I wanted to study. Mm. Um, and I feel like now that I'm, you know, branching out in terms of expressing my creativity i'm very grateful for the tools that studying architecture has given me um, in terms of expressing that and 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 you know being able to create a cohesive i guess thought process and and, and sort of yeah. develop a design idea um, in any field and i think that's definitely helped me um visualize and create um, Mehmuni uh, or yeah. Bani Adam or any anything like that it sort of brings it all together um, it's such a versatile skill set so I think <clears throat> unless you have someone close to you who does architecture or, or if you experience it yourself people don't tend to understand what architecture school is or, or you know what you study and um, so my brother does architecture uh, I obviously knows but for those who don't just to give you a perspective as, as to what I've learned from the field, but it's so versatile from, from what you have to do at uni because in architecture school, it is first of all, super intense. Like I would not have survived as, as someone who went to medical school, I definitely would not have survived architecture school because I saw my brother and the hours he did and I'm quite a lazy person and I would have just stopped, I think, because with, with art, there's no end, you know, with, with maths and sciences, you can, you can finish, you finish the paper, the exam. With you guys, you call it crits, so they're called critiques. So you literally work to be criticized in front of a panel of people. And there is no end. You could keep adding onto the building, keep adding onto the design, the, how you're you know, designing the font, how you're portraying yourself. All of that is involved in this, in this crit and it's super high intensity. Um, but essentially you're just permanently working to present this building yourself, the design, the art, um, which is a hugely beneficial skill set which is why I think a lot of architects branch into different fields as well um, yeah. and my brother was saying how versatile it is and how you can go to many avenues you don't have to just go into architecture um, but I think that gives a bit of perspective as to how how artsy architecture is because a lot of people think it's that mix between art and science and it is um, but it's it's hugely focused on being able to sell ideas present ideas and you know manage a whole construction which is uh, which is a combination of art, managerial, and all of those skills that you need to start either, a, you know, a company, a startup, or a podcast, or anything. You know, they translate into into the real world quite well. I'm so happy you mentioned that because I think being being submerged in it sometimes I forget, um, you know, the the key points that make up what I do. But that is literally yeah. such a good point because it honestly never ends. Um, and when you're studying, that can be so frustrating 
but it's such a beautiful metaphor for life without getting too airy fairy about it. It's, you know, we, we live to grow and we live to develop. So it only makes sense for the buildings that we inhabit to, to, to have come from similar. Anyone who I meet who says they're doing architecture, I'm like, oh, part of my heart sinks because if they're in architecture school, I'm like, crikey. And then the other part of me is like telling them how amazing they are because I feel like they need it because they don't really get, they're very well respected as professions, but no one really gets what they do or why they spend so many hours doing what they do. Um, I mean, the, the dropout rate is is quite insane. Exactly. And exactly. Especially in first year. I think we lost 40% in yeah, that's what like my the first says, term yeah. or something ridiculous. It's, I don't, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it's some, it's quite high. Um, and I guess a lot of it has to do with the misconception of what an architect actually does. Exactly. So, you know, they, you, you come into school, all, you know, ready to create the next, I don't know, what do you want to create? The shard. And then they ask you to just use Pritstick and glue for the first term to like make this amazing model, which takes hours and hours and hours. And it's obviously part of your, your learning. Okay, so I mean, you mentioned the, you know, going to architecture school with all this hype and not really knowing what you're going to do. And then you sort of get into it all, uh, into the meat of it. What would your advice now be to, to your younger self, you know, to your teenage self, um, not just going into architecture, but just in general, anything about life? I remember you asking me this and it's a bit of a difficult one to answer, but I think it's a really good question. Um, very self-reflective and I still think about it. So off you go. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I feel like I'll, I'll, I'll do this in two parts. I'll do advice mm -hmm. to my younger self and advice to any other young person listening. So to my younger self, I would say that, um, I was incredibly fortunate to, to sort of be inherently good at a few things. And I'm saying this with, with as much, uh, you know humility humility yeah. as possible but certain things came very easy to me like studying came very easy I, I enjoyed maths I loved physics and I loved figuring things out so that made my school life a breeze and then after a certain point as I progressed in my education it stopped being so easy because the the work became more difficult and initially that was a little bit of a shock to my ego because I was like oh, this isn't effortless to me anymore. Yeah. And, and my whole world kind of collapsed a little bit. Um, and it took me a minute to, to, to pick myself up again and say, all right, you need to, you need to work this out and, and put some work into this and, and sweat a little. Um, and I feel like this, this might be a common issue for, for a lot of, for a lot of people. So I guess, mm -hmm for to my younger self and anyone else who's experiencing this it, just go for it you know you, if you're not instantly good at something that's fine Rome wasn't built in a day um keep <laughs> at it and eventually you'll you'll get to where you want to be and the second part of this my advice to any other young person listening would be to get out there and try and do as much as you can. Um, and you don't need a lot of resources. You don't need to know people to, to put yourself out there and, and you know, go to museums and, and volunteer and 
literally put yourself in spaces that you want to be in the future and try and be as close as you can to those people and learn as much as you can. Um, yeah. And this is something I did a lot of when I was younger, like before I was of working age. So I wasn't legally allowed to be employed, but you can volunteer and be 14 at a, at a, at an organization. So put yourself out there. It's so true. And I think it's such a good point teach networking and skill-based people skills very early on. And it's so important, not just, you know, networking for the sake of getting, uh, you know, what you want out of someone, but just for you to explore a different world and to be around different people who, who are maybe interested in a passion of yours. So, yeah, I think that's really, really good advice. I think really relevant as well to, to the demographic here in the UK. And you know what? I feel like if, if, if more people were to do that, then we were talking about this earlier, the, the dropout rate in architecture school is incredibly mm, they would high. Have known. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, I guess it's something quite high, like 40% or something in the first term. And, and that's because it's a shock. It's not what they mm. expected. So I feel like by volunteering and putting yourself out there, you can, you can eliminate that and you can get rid of things that you potentially don't want to do in the future. Um, you asked me this earlier and I don't know if I answered or not, but you asked me what made me decide to do architecture and I wasn't too sure, but now I've, you've unlocked this memory in my head. We had an open day and I went to two of the, two of the, uh, like lectures. One was for maths and one was for architecture because I was, those were the two uh, paths that I was th- considering. And I remember yeah. going to the maths lecture and the, the person was like, oh, this is what we do, this is what we do. And again, for the architecture. And afterwards, it was so clear to me that it was architecture. And that was solely because of the lecturer. The architecture lecturer was so charming and so passionate. And he was very enthusiastic about what he, what he was doing. And um, either fortunately or unfortunately, the math lecture lecture that we got was the exact opposite. And I just said, mm-hmm. that's who I want to be when so I when I grow yeah. up. So it it was it's it was something that simple, I guess, that just pushed me because it was 50-50. Inspirations and, and influences, not in the Instagram sense, but in, in life, like my reason for going to eye surgery is very very similar and I think if you speak to most medical um, specialty doctors and you ask them why did you go into this because a lot of the specialties are similar yeah. um, they will say those you will find one person and that person will you know be an inspiration and you'll say I want to be like that person or they were really nice to you and they you know gave you a project that made you interested in that field and it's very true for, for me doing eye surgery like I only settled on it quite later on and it was because I had a placement and I was speaking to a consultant surgeon who was just the nicest person and seemed to have a great life and loved his job and it's quite rare to find someone who, who still loves their job that late on um, and that you know piqued my interest in in that field but it, yeah so relevant like you need to push yourself out there and find those people that are going to ignite that spark and inspire you into doing something um that's why role models and mentors and all those things are so so relevant um but yeah i don't think i fully appreciated that when i was a, a teenager i was always like you know what am i going to do how do i make these decisions but they sort of formulate for you if you put yourself into the right environment 100 put yourself in the right environment and you know be open and receptive and really listen to what's going on in the world around you mm. 
And that will definitely help you make these decisions. Well, thank you for telling us a bit about your soul. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm not saying that. About my soul. Yeah, that's what oh, I said. Oh, I, I love that. To, <laughs> I was trying to creep you out, but well, thank you, Isla, for um, giving us a little tour of your world and background to you. I think that's going to definitely help the listeners understand a bit more about the podcast and about you when you're talking to us virtually through the through the screen. So, yeah, I think it's uh, really useful information, and I learn a bit more about you um, as we always do when we do these things. So. Um, yeah. Well, is there you. anything you want to share further i mean i'm sure there are a hundred questions that we can get into but i think we've covered, covered um parts. i think for now this is a good summary and 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 the yeah. burning questions that i kept getting <laughs> hook them um, and then we'll give them more later <laughs> we'll give them more later um but thank yeah. you so much for um speaking with me and and helping me explain what it is that I do because I've I've tried recording this episode alone and it was just seven minutes of me staring down the camera um so I'm I'm happy we got to have this conversation it's always a pleasure speaking with you and it and it flows quite organically thank you Isla for um coming to my Mehmoni this time albeit on your podcast um I had a good time I hope you enjoyed but also had a bit of nerves so you can experience what it's like for for us on the other side thank you so much for your time today for interviewing me and having this conversation i appreciate you and to everyone listening tune in next week we have a very very amazing guest who i am excited for you all to meet and also check out kia's episode in, in series one um find out more about this mysterious doctor man who is he what is he what's his story and um goodbye for now yeah, see you later. I don't think I will yet be taking your job, but <laughs> just watch this space. I, all I need is a mic and maybe a bit more flavor, but... You're golden. You got it.